Good morning. The reading if you'd like to follow along is from Matthew 20, chapter 21, 28 to 32. That's Matthew chapter 21, 28 to 32. What do you, what do you think? There was a man who led, who had two sons. He went to the first son and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir, but he did not go. Which of the, which of the two did what his father wanted? The first they, the first they answered. Jesus said to them, I truly tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John come, came to you to show you the way of righteousness. You did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. Today we are going to look at the parable of the two sons by first looking into the earthly story, and then applying it in our lives by looking into the heavenly meaning. So first, the earthly story. Really, the story is plain and simple. Um, the parable starts off uh, with a father who had two sons. And this father also had a vineyard, like a field of grapes, right? And uh, in that story, uh, he first approached his first son, and he asked him to uh, literally uh, do this. Son, go work today in my vineyard. That was the call to the first son. And the first son, according to the reading today that Jason read, uh, said, no, not going to do that. Flat out defied his father. I'm not going to do it. But eventually, according to uh, the account in Matthew chapter 21, the son, the first son thought about what he did, regretted what he did, and he turned around and said, well, initially I said no, but now I'm saying yes. And then he found himself in the vineyard working for his dad, for his father. And then uh, the next uh, son, uh, because he had two sons, he, he goes to his second son and asks him the same thing. He calls him to do the same thing. Son, go work today in my vineyard. But the second son was different in that Right away, he said, sure, I'll do that. For sure, I'm definitely going to do it. But the difference is that he said it, but then he didn't actually go to the vineyard and do it. For, for one reason or another, he did not do it. And that is the parable right there. That was the earthly story. Now, it's, it's interesting because Jesus told this simple parable, this very simple story, to the leaders to the religious leaders of the Jewish people of this time. He said that to them to convict them of their sin. And their sin was to disrespect God by denying and rejecting Jesus, the Son of God. And the power of this simple parable is demonstrated in the question that Jesus asked after he said the parable. The question was this. Which of the two did the will of his father? Jesus asked that to the religious leaders. And that question prompted a reply. 
it's interesting because normally they would say, well, you know, in, in the other parables that we see, in, his inter- in Jesus' interaction with the scribes and the Pharisees, the chief priests, and, you know, the, the religious leaders of Jesus' day, they would deliberate first before they answered because they might get implicated. You know what I'm saying? Oh, if I said this, then he would say that. If I said this, then he would say that. But this time they had no, they had no way around this because there's one clear answer. The two sons, you know, they did something good and something bad. They didn't, none of them are perfect, were perfect in the parable. The first son, okay, the first son, uh, did something, uh, bad first by saying no. Can you imagine as a parent, you told, you tell your child to do something and they will flat out go, let me think, no, I'm not gonna do that. Is, is never good for you? Yeah, never? Okay, never then. He's, the first son said, never. No, I'm not going to do it. But then the good thing that he did was he repented of his sin. He eventually did what his father asked him to do. Now, the second one, uh, the good thing that he did was he said yes right away. But then the bad thing was that he never really followed through with it. Okay. Now, the question was, this, which of the two did the will of his father? And then the scribes and the Pharisees, and the religious leaders had no out. And they said, well, the first son. And Jesus said, you are correct. The first son. Right? Not knowing, well, not knowing then, but then right after they answered, they immediately felt the weight of the parable that's weighing down on them. It was for them. Because they rejected Jesus. And in so doing, they disrespected God the Father. All along, they were telling them yes, but then with their actions, they were actually saying no. And the first, the first son represented the the sinful people at that time who heard of Jesus' word and then came to him right after. They represented the, the, the prostitutes. They represented the, the, the tax collectors and all the people who were against God. And as soon as they heard the word of God, something flipped. A switch was flicked on and said, I repent. I said no because of my actions, but now I am saying yes to Jesus. And my actions will prove me correct. In Matthew 21 verse 31, this is why Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. Now this is this is the lesson for them. And this parable had a really important message to the religious leaders and to everyone who opposed Jesus at the time. And today this parable is still replete with lessons for us today. And uh, that is what I would like us to do. That's the earthly story. And as we apply it to our lives today, I want us to remember, first and foremost, that the call is the same for us today. God tells us, son, go work today in my vineyard. And I love that call because that is the call for us today. God wants each and every one of us to be in his kingdom. Not only to be in his kingdom, but to go work in that vineyard, in that kingdom. 
And I just want to look into this particular call and, and, and look at the words that were used here. Because it applies to us today in a way that uh, is really encouraging, in a way that really is loving as well at the same time. Because God calls us his children, son, daughter, go work today in my vineyard. It's interesting that God did not just have like contractors to do this work for him. He chose to have his children work for him in his vineyard, right? And that's one of the lessons that I, the first lessons that I want us to pick up from, from this particular parable is that, is that when we go and work in the vineyard of God, let's not look at ourselves as employees. Why is that important? Why is this something that we even have to bring up? Well, because employees work for a paycheck. But children, I don't know if you guys have like, uh, you know, worked in a family business before and your, 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 uh, your parents, but children, you know, Amir knows this, he's smiling because he's, he's Asian, right? You know, a lot of people in Asia, they do that. They have a business and their children work around that business. But the thing is, it's, it's effective because you're working for your dad. You're working for your mom. This is your family work, right? Let us go into the vineyard Understanding that we are the children of God. Because obedience comes naturally and joyfully when we realize that we're doing it because of love. Because we love God, our Heavenly Father. Right? That's the first thing. The second thing is the fact that we are going to work in His vineyard. Not just any dude's vineyard. We're working on his, in His vineyard. If we understand that we're working for God, for our Heavenly Father, for Abba Father, everything seems to be, to be uh, to, it seems to facilitate things, right? But now there's this word, work. Right? What, is that, what does that mean? Work today in my vineyard. Work today in my kingdom. I mean... In the scriptures, we see a lot of examples on how this work needs to be done. But I would like us today, for our purposes for this morning and for this parable, to stick with, the, with, with, with Jesus' intent of saying this, to, this parable to the religious leaders of the time. Jesus asked the question, who did the will of his father? We can equate this work today in God's vineyard by saying, well, God calls us to do His will. This work is doing His will. If we think about it in that way, it, it, it encompasses everything that we need to do, that we are to do in His kingdom. See, the will of God was so important to Jesus, and we see it recorded in Scripture. Even just the book of Matthew itself. The will of God is so important to Jesus that he even said in Matthew 7 verse 21 when he was uh, preaching his Sermon on the Mount, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. You know, he saying is, is good, but it's nothing without following through with action. And 
for Jesus, it is the ultimate thing that, we need, that, that, that people in his kingdom need to understand. We need to do the will of our Father who is in heaven. It is important to him. It's so important to him that he, that he said that, well, who am, I, who am I close? Who is my family in this world? Who do I call as family in this world? Well, it is those who do the will of my Father. And we know that because he actually said that in Matthew 12, verse 50. He said, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus relates to us and finds kinship with us as we do the will of his Father. That's why it's important to him. So the work that we are to do in his vineyard is doing his will. Now, uh, the thing is, we understand the call. That's the call. But how do we respond? Right? Ideally, the way that we respond should be a combination of saying and doing. Yes, Lord, I'll do it. And then we go and do it. But for the most part, here's how we respond. And Jesus captured it in, in his parable. For the most part, we respond like the first son. Son number one, who said, nah, I'm not going to do it. No, nah, no, nah, that doesn't sound good. Like what you say in, the, in, 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 in your word, it doesn't sound good. Not going to do it. That call, not going not gonna to work for me today. And if you find yourself being that individual today, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you the question, why? Why do we refuse God's call today? I'll give you an idea, like why? Why, why? Because this was me before as well. I'm pretty sure you can relate to that. This was me before. I refused the call of God for, for a long time. I did. And, uh, and the reason was because of this. And I think you can relate to this as well if you're this today. Romans 8 verse 7. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. I love how it's put there by Paul, by the Apostle Paul. It cannot submit to God's law. It cannot submit itself to God. It cannot go under the authority and lordship of God. It will always say, no, can't do that. It will always say outright, that's not for me. Not today at least. Not right now. Right? It's because of the flesh. Because our minds are still preoccupied with the world. We are still worldly. We are still in love with the world. We are still selfish. We are still looking out for number one for me. And I've, uh, in, I've, I've sat down with uh, individuals one-on-one. They wanted to know more about God. And many times, you know, what, you know what's really tripping them up? It's the idea, like they came to me to ask about God because of one reason and one reason only. They want a Savior. But you know what they don't want? 
They don't want a Lord. Because they want themselves to be still Lord in their own lives. But they do want a Savior though. For when times become bad. That's why they want Jesus. It's like they want Jesus and they want to, they want to have a pocket Jesus. I told you this before, right? They want to have a pocket Jesus that they can put in their pockets when they don't need them. And when they take them out, well, I need him now. So I got to take him out. Right? When it's convenient for them. When it's not convenient for them, they put him in his pocket. That's the flesh. That's the world. That's the carnal mind thinking, well, I cannot. No. That's the reason. But before we get there, I don't want you to read ahead. Okay? But the first son did something that eventually saved him. What was it? What was it that made the turn? It's his repentance. If you are the first son today, the answer is that. It's that repentance. You know, repentance literally means a turning about. Going back. If you're going ahead this way, saying no to God, and then all of a sudden you realize that you are in the wrong, you repent by going back. Instead of going that way, you now go this way. Ahead of Jesus. Like, ahead in front. Looking look to Jesus. Jesus. That's what, we, what do. we do. Now, now this is, this what, is what he did. did. And, and repentance leads to something, something that's amazing. amazing. And, the, and apostle the Apostle Paul tells that to us in 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10, first part. For the sort of that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret. And it leads to salvation. That's why the one who did the will of the Father was the first time. Because he repented. Okay, and that is the admonition that we have all of us today. If we find ourselves responding to the call of God as the first time. Now, some of us are here. Like the second second. And I would hazard to say that most of us are in this situation today. But there is hope. There is hope. As long as we are alive, there is hope. We are in this position, not because we hate the Word of God. In fact, we are in this position because we love the Word of God. We love it. We are all over it. We believe that it is true. We believe that it is wholesome. We understand it and we love it. But then we are in this position perhaps because we're thinking, well, I'll think about it later. I'm going to grow on it maybe some other time. Not right now. Not today. And when we do that, we keep appearances of being religious. That's what we do. We just keep up appearances. We might come here from time to time. We might do things from time to time for God. But really, our hearts are not with Him. We are saying yes, by 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 deed, by 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 speaking, by speech, but we are saying no with our actions, and that is the deceptive part. Remember, we talked about Satan and his deception. That's the deceptive part. 
Because we become complacent. In our complacency, we understand, we think that we're in the kingdom, but we're not really working in his vineyard. That's the sad part. And the Apostle Paul, once again, comes to the rescue, and he breaks it down in this regard. He talks about the Jewish people, because this parable was for the Jewish people initially, but it applies to us today. If we are answering the call like the second son, this applies to us today. Romans 10, 2-3. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God. We're excited for God, but not according to knowledge. Not according to the Word of God. Not according to Scripture. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. This is where we are when we, when, we, when we find ourselves in the kingdom, but then we're not really working in His vineyard. We have a zeal for God, but it's not based on knowledge. We're ignorant of His righteousness. Ignorant not meaning like we're, we're dumb. Ignorant meaning we know it, but we just don't want to do it. And in so doing, we replace His righteousness with our own righteousness, with what, with, with what we think is correct, and in so doing, we do not submit to God's righteousness or to the Lordship of God. But there is a way. We don't have to stay there. Hebrews three twelve to 13 Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened with the deceitfulness of sin. See, this unbelieving heart that we have will lead us to fall away. And in so doing, we have fallen trapped into the deceitfulness of sin. See, we can be in sin and be here. And that is the deceitful part of all of this. But we don't have to, we don't have to be there. Romans 2, 6-8 tells us exactly the importance of uh, doing as opposed to just saying. Paul tells us, He will render to each one according to his works, to those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and, and immortality. He will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey righteousness, there will be wrath and fury. That's the difference between saying and doing. Now, remember the call. Son, go work today in my vineyard. He says, go work today. Not tomorrow. Not later. Not, well, think about it for now. Right? See if it's okay with you. Do it today. And when we do that today, we accord the honor and respect and obedience and the glory that is due our Heavenly Father. Now, a few more seconds of your time. I just, want to, I just wanted you to be able to carry this with you wherever you go. I was thinking about a title apart from Parable of the Two Sons, and I thought I'd say it in the end. Because I think if we really, because I believe in the recency effect. The last thing that you hear is what you're going to carry with you wherever you go, right? Instead of the Parable of the Two Sons, I was thinking about giving this a different title. And I think it speaks to the idea that there's a difference between saying and doing. 
And that difference is this. It could be this. Okay? Lip service or life service. If we think about it in that regard, I encourage all of us to pay God life service as we answer His call for us to work in His vineyard. Um, We're going to stand and sing the song of invitation, but I want us to remember that the call is through through Jesus Christ. Right? Uh, What will you do with Jesus? You cannot be neutral. You have to make a decision, yes or no. And today, I ask, and I encourage all of us, to always say yes. Let's stand and sing.